0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to Michael Kraft about Desert Deadline welcome mike right yes let's get let's get a copy of this beautiful book get
1: those props up there
0: yeah i love it i love it it is it is so indicative of palm springs
1: oh Thank you. I yeah. The, the uh, it, as you you know probably realize the the blood splotch in there, which kind of makes the cover. You know, doesn't have much to do with the actual murder, but uh, it sets the scene and it tells you that uh, you know. Uh, mischief is in the in the works. <laughs> and there
0: is definitely mischief in this book. This is your second in your series, Dante and Jazz. Is that correct?
1: That's right. Yeah. The, the, uh, the first one, Desert Getaway, was published uh, just about a year ago right now. And uh, Desert Deadline, uh, Dante and Jazz number two, um, has just been released. And so I'm, I'm happy to be here to chat with you about it. Lots of people interested in it.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, and it's a good read too. It's um, your two main characters, Dante O'Donnell and Jazz Friendly. They fit well together. They're very different, you know, physically. They're very different people, but they fit together. Um, How did you come up with this story or this coupling?
1: Well, I mean that's sort of interesting, Dan. Um, I think it was four years ago. um, I was approached out of the blue one morning in an email asking if i'd like to consider uh contributing a short story to an anthology that was being put together by akashic books and it was to be titled palm springs noir now akashic does a whole series of these city noir uh anthologies boston noir uh, you know new york noir chicago la you name it and uh uh, Barbara DeMarco Barrett, uh, who's a writer and editor here in Southern California, was pitching to them the idea of, of doing something with Palm Springs. And, uh, you know, just right off the bat, I thought this is a great idea because the idea is to do something in a, in, in the noir genre uh, set here in sunny Palm Springs. I and mean, what, a, what a great contrast. Um, the... Uh, The thing is, I had never really dabbled uh, in anything that Uh, noirish. You know, I've written a lot of mysteries, but but not in the noir vein. And I was just at a point where I was wrapping up uh, another series. It was it was three cat mysteries, the Mister Puss mysteries. And I was thinking, you know, and and they were doing very well, and I had a ball writing them. But, you know, it's not I didn't set out to become a cat mystery writer, and I didn't want to, you know, (laughs) exit, you know, exit at the end of my life known as a cat mystery writer. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) That's a perfectly valid subgenre. But uh, I was kind of scratching around to try something else. So I thought write a noir short story, you know, just kind of rewire your brain. And uh, so I had to come up with a new setting, new characters, new backgrounds. uh, You know, just I I was I was creating this out of whole cloth, so to speak. And uh, I I started with the characters. I mean, and I don't usually do that. I'll usually start with the plot or with the murder. And uh, you know, I, I and I knew that I wanted some contrast, so I came up with a you know a gay white man and a black straight woman, um, and these two at a at a surface level, you know, just don't mix at all. In fact, they get off on the on a very bad foot when uh, in the short story, uh, Jazz arrests Dante uh, for a murder that it seems that he has committed, and. He didn't do it. All um, right, <laughs> and works his way out of it, you know. And uh, they they come to gain a measure of respect for each other, and then finally, ultimately, they start working together. They they both have a lot of baggage in their in their prior lives, and both are starting over, and uh, so they there an accommodation is made for each other. Um, jazz is or was a uh, an a Palm Springs police officer, um, but she got booted off the force. And so she started a, a, a private eye business and she's scratching to find work. And she realizes that Dante, who is a concierge for a vacation rental outfit in Palm Springs runs into a lot of, you know, rich folks who are coming out to pamper themselves. And, you know, by, by her estimation, these people have problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, she solicits leads from Dante um, to, uh, you know, to feed her clients. And this, is, this becomes the premise of the series. Oh, so what I should say is the, uh, you know, I, I wrote a story called VIP Check-In for the anthology, Palm Springs Noir. Oh, Here. I love it. I love it. And uh, it was published, I, I forget, two years ago or so. And the the story in it, you know, did really well. I mean, I, I actually got a, you know, a wonderful blurb from the Los Angeles Times uh, while they were reviewing the book. But on my own, I determined you know, that that story is the basis for, you know, a, a book, certainly a book length uh, novel. Um uh, if not an entire series. So I was off and running with it.
0: I and, love that And a call or an email just sort of out of the blue and that sets you uh, that sets you uh, on a new track. How wonderful uh, is that?
1: Well and uh, I, I should also mention that Barbara, the editor, had uh, queried uh, Todd Goldberg who's a noted novelist and educator here in the Coachella Valley. He heads uh, a master of Fine arts program in creative writing. Uh, at the University of uh, California, Riverside. And it's it's a low residency program that's actually based out here in the desert. And I had become acquainted with him and had lectured once or twice uh, during his Amen. MFA residencies. And so we knew each other. And she had asked him to recommend writers she might approach for this. And I was on the list, which was very flattering. And uh, um, so I, you know, I owe Todd a big thank you. And it, it turns out when I had a manuscript together for the first Dante and Jazz book, uh, Desert Getaway, um, my agent was working on soliciting various publishers and, uh, and I was too. And it came to my attention that Todd's brother, Lee Goldberg, um, has a publishing house of his own, Brash Books. And he, you know, he just jumped on it. He, he really, he got it right away. So, uh, you know, he served as, as editor of that first volume and publisher of the book. Uh, this, this second installment, Desert Deadline, uh, has now moved to another publisher, Quest Over Press. And uh, on we go, and- uh,
0: I, That is amazing. I mean, you know, and it is, the writing community, like most communities, it, it's large and yet it's small. You know, yes. sometimes you run into some of the same people, especially if you're writing in a particular genre, you yes. run into some of these people. And but it's so wonderful. And I find that the writing community as a whole is typically really welcoming. And they are also, you know, when Barbara asked Todd, you know, who he recommended, I'm sure he had a list handy and ready. And that's I a wonderful he sure thing. Did. <laughs> <laughs> That is a wonderful thing. So do you find that set, well, I know you live in the Palm Springs area. So do you enjoy setting your stories there? And I ask that because people who've been there, we know what Palm Springs is like, but maybe someone doesn't know what Palm Springs is like. So give us a little flavor of the city and tell me whether you like writing for Palm Springs area.
1: Oh yeah. I, I, Palm Springs or the whole Coachella Valley. I actually live in Rancho Mirage, which is just, you know, 10 minutes from Palm Springs. Um, the, the geographical setting and just the, the quality of life in the desert and, you know, and just just the sheer visual impact mm-hmm. of people here is so stunning. I mean, I, I first visited here probably 30 years ago as a Midwesterner uh, from the Chicago area. And it was, in fact, it was the first time I'd ever been in California. Oh, and to get off that plane at the Palm Springs airport, I mean, back then they didn't have, uh, you know, the the jetways and all that. You'd actually, you know, walk down this ladder onto the tarmac, and there you are, you know, in the, seemingly in the middle of nowhere with mountains everywhere you look, all the way around you. It's truly a valley. And it's a desert valley. So there's mountains with snow on them, you know, (laughs) but on the ground, you know, everything is green and, you know, growing and lush. And I mean, it's just it is a remarkable setting. And I mean, I've I've talked with my my husband, Leon, about this many times. I mean, that that first trip there. You know, I, I became instantly aware that this is where I want to end up someday when, you know, when I'm not working a job and I don't have other commitments. This is where I want to be. And I've been, you know, just so fortunate now to, you know, to call this place home for a, about, 18 years, full-time. So I've been through that many summers here. <laughs> I'll trade, trade for a Midwestern winter any day.
0: <laughs> any uh, day. You know, yeah. it is one of those things. It is such a visual place. You know, I was out I was out a few weeks ago, uh, maybe probably about six weeks ago, and it was easily 100 degrees in Palm Springs, and there was still snow on the mountains yes. uh, by the tramway. There wasn't a lot, but it is it gives an author, at least in my opinion, such a visual, you know, and a unique yeah. thing about the Palm Springs noir is, nor most people think of as dark and gritty, which it often is. Yeah. Palm of Springs is almost the exact opposite because it seems like the sun never sets. It does, but it is, it is so bright that you have a hard time to hide, yeah. which I... <laughs>
1: Well, and that's that's the beauty of you know the the contrast of writing murder mysteries set here in paradise. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not the first one to come up with that notion. I mean, you know, there's death in paradise. There's lots of things in paradise, but trouble in paradise, <laughs> um, and uh, um, it, it's just such a compelling contrast. And and be, because the 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 setting is so visual. I mean, it it, it it works on all of the senses. I mean, but uh, I I've, I've I've always enjoyed uh, including a good deal of description in my writing, and I'm told I do this very well. I enjoy it. There's a certain poetry to the place, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I love having that as. Uh, an aspect, you know, of the setting that I treat more as a character in the book rather than just a backdrop. Um, so,
0: And you do, and you, the descriptions are so eloquent, and we get, when we read, we get a feeling of what Palm Springs actually feels like as far as not only heat, but just in uh, sort of a taste of it as well, a feeling right. and a taste, and you become enmeshed in it. Well, and the number of people that come to Palm Springs, either from the Midwest or from here in Los Angeles, there should always be an enormous parade of characters for you to get a mystery around.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think Dante jokes at, at, at some point in in either of the books that, you know, working as a concierge, a VIP concierge for a vacation rental company, you know, he, he comes into contact with, into contact with many guests who have a lot of baggage as <laughs> he means it you know there's another aspect of palm springs an obvious aspect of palm springs that we didn't mention and ought to be obvious but people who don't live here may not know it and that is there's there's such a gay element to the whole to the whole setting palm springs proper is by various estimates between 40 and 60% gay um, the, the rest of the Coachella Valley is not quite that densely populated <laughs> with, with, with gay people, but, uh, you know, but, it, you know, we're a thing everywhere here. <laughs> and uh, I'm gay, of course, and I've written gay fiction for 30 years now. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's just a natural uh, place to write the stories that I'm writing right now. And it's a very welcoming
0: place. I mean, I think that one of the things I've told people over the years is going out from Los Angeles out to Palm Springs. People go to Palm Springs for the happy. And so they bring a good personality with them for that. Yes, they bring their baggage because we bring our lives. Mm -hmm. Then there are people who live there who enjoy that. And I'm sure there are people there that think, oh, I really wish all you weekenders would go away. <laughs> <laughs> but that gives the city a, a yeah. many different levels.
1: Right. Those of us <laughs> who are here year round really do kind of look forward to the summer when, you know, the traffic dies down and you can walk into any restaurant without a reservation if it's open. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, so there's there's an, a, a nice... Much slower pace, uh, yeah, months, but uh, <laughs> you know, even you know, the friendliness that you mentioned is is absolutely an aspect of living here. Um, when my husband and I first put down roots here, it was, I think, in 1998, we we bought a small condo, uh, as just a, like a foothold in mm-hmm. the desert. We, we, whenever we could get uh, scrounge together, vacation time together, we'd come out. And, uh, you know, and actually living here is far different from staying in a hotel or whatever. And so like, I noticed even that that first, morning of waking up, you know, in your own bed, in, in your own little home in the desert. And then you go out to take a walk. And everyone's so friendly. I mean, the gardeners, everyone says good morning. And and, and because everyone's seemingly so happy. So again, <laughs> again, what a great place to plot a murder.
0: <laughs> I love that too. Well, and you've you've done such a wonderful job about this. I mean Dante and Jazz are thrown into a situation again where you know there is a murder committed, and yeah. then there's a kidnapping uh, that's committed later on, and we have them. They're not slow. I mean, they're, they're totally busy in Desert Deadline. I mean, there's yeah. no downtime for the two of them, and right. that makes great pacing for the reader as well. Um, Dante, one you. thing, absolutely. One thing I'd like to highlight is Dante is not. 22, and he's not 92. He's right. it, he's aging, but you've written an aging gay man who is still attractive to people, right. and that was something I really, really liked because it's in reading books. I mean, an author can go any way they want to go, but finding a, a, a character who is not 22 again, who's somebody who's aging, who is still perceived to be attractive sexy and people want to know Dante I commend you highly for that because that's that's something that was really really lovely to read
1: thank you and it, it's it's important well we're all getting older so. <laughs> thank goodness I, I, I know that that's the kind of story I would like to read yes <laughs> and I I know there are many other gay men of of my generation who like to read and yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's safe to say that uh, that that a much younger generation is not into reading novels uh, the way we were brought up mm-hmm. uh, to do. So yeah,
0: I think it's it is different. You know, the I have I have friends my age that I say, Hey, would you like to read this? No, I don't read. And I'm like. Okay, good no. to know you're X off the list. You won't get a book for Christmas gift. So you know it's and it's okay. But you know, it is true. But it's also, I think in this day and age for me, one of the things I'm very present about is representation. Yeah. And it's it's easy to make fun of something, but yet again, you've created a character who is he's well thought out, he's fully formed, he's sexy and vibrant, and and he has his own baggage. He Dante yes. has yeah. Dante gets a lot of intersections that he has to figure out which way to go. And yes. I I like his choices, but I was also rooting for some of the things that weren't the choices he made <laughs> because he had options. And I, I, you know, I thought that was so wonderful. Thank you. Um did you how did you feel about jazz? I mean, I love jazz, but oh, is jazz someone that you really enjoy writing? And oh, I ask very. that very seriously. So,
1: yes, very much. But I, I i approached I approached the notion of writing the jazz character with considerable trepidation. I mean, most obviously, I'm not black, and she's the second most important character in the book. Uh, she's not the narrator. Dante is the narrator, so everything is. Told as Dante perceives it. So I, I never really get into Jazz's head. Uh, we, we never know what she's thinking unless she says it. Um, so, you know, originally, uh, when I was putting together the, the bits and pieces and bones of that original short story and coming up with the cast for it at, at its inception uh the the jazz character she wasn't even named jazz at that point she didn't have a name but I I, I just I assumed it was a white woman a white woman mm-hmm. and uh, and I kept toying with the idea well let's make her a black woman that makes her all the more different from Dante at the outset you know and you know there's there's you know so much talk of appropriation and all that. I mean, I didn't you know how could I presume to write that character? Uh, but then, as, as a writer, you know, I needed to step back and you know and fully understand that I can't just write about people like me. And right. in fact, no novelist worth his or her worth, um, you know, would do that. I mean, for instance. Male novelists write female characters all the time, and vice versa. And so, I mean, it's certainly possible uh, to populate the cast of a novel uh, with characters that are very, very different from yourself. And uh, that's what I tried to do with jazz. Um, I, you know, before uh, before the first novel was published, I sent it to you know, coldly. You know, I, I approached. A, a number of, of black authors, black female authors to see if they would read it and just, you know, give me, you know, let me know if there were any danger signs that I needed to be more attentive to. And um, I got no negative feedback. And all I can say is that now, you know, it's been well over a year since the first novel appeared. And uh, I, I have not been called on that even once. Um, yeah. Not not to pat myself on the back no. and say how well I've done it, but I mean, I, I tried to do it with a sensitivity, um, you know, and my heart was in the right place. Um, but I, I, it,
0: it totally comes through, Mike. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the big thing about it. I mean, I agree with you that when an author writes characters, they have to write some that are like themselves, but to stretch, an author always has to write characters that are not like themselves. Right. And as long as you or anyone, whether it's an author or a reader, approaches a character, that you give them a chance, mm-hmm. and you give them, you know, you give them an honest voice. It's right. you could make a character tour of any uh, character in one of your books, but then it becomes it becomes a humor book and not not something to be taken as seriously. So I applaud you. I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you, I- right. And I enjoy, as I said earlier, you know, there is there's a lot about them that is so different, but there's a lot about them that's so similar because they they have similar goals, and that's a human aspect. That it was disappoint. the
1: point. Yes, absolutely. And they're they're but ulti- both Dante and Jazz are at some level very flawed characters, and you know, but they're they're both struggling uh, to you know to to make themselves right. And, uh, and they recognize that in each other and that, that becomes the basis for their bond. I, I think it works. You know?
0: I, I think it works wonderfully. I think you've done a wonderful job. Again, the book is called Desert Deadline and it's by Michael Kraft. Mike, do you have a website or social media you would like to share?
1: Of course I do. Uh, the website's very simple it's michaelcraft.com craft with a c um i the the website's about 25 years old (laughs) (laughs) and so when when i was you know first putting that together and you have to what do you call it i thought well ideally it would be michaelcraft.com and i mean it wasn't taken.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, mean, you know, I, I, I sort of feel for writers today who are putting together their first author's website and it has to be, it would be something like Michael craft, the novelist.com yeah. or something like that. Um, so yeah, I it's so it's easy. You get there, yeah. go to Michaelcraft.com. from there. You can uh, find my Facebook link, um, which is, I, I don't recall it all. It's, it's Michael Kraft, but then it has a number after it. You know. <laughs> but you, you, can, you can either just search on Facebook and find me or, or go to my website, go to the contact page on my website, and there's a direct link to my Facebook page.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me, Mike. I appreciate it very much. It was an absolute pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me with you. Thank you. Hang on for me just a second. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.